In this episode of Savannah, Georgia, Anything But Ordinary. He is a gay Iranian immigrant who chose this city as the place to propose to his husband. Uh, If that doesn't tell you that this is a magical city. Hey y'all, I'm Shannon. Thanks for tuning in to Savannah, Georgia, Anything But Ordinary. In this episode, we're sitting down with Dusty Church, board chair of Savannah's First City Pride Center, to talk about LGBTQIA life in Savannah and the annual Savannah Pride Festival. Savannah is a city that welcomes all, and many community leaders throughout history have been members of the queer community. Today, both locals and visitors enjoy the Savannah Pride Festival each October, in addition to other queer-friendly events, shows, and businesses throughout the year. Take a listen. I am Dusty Church, and I am the chair of the board for First City Pride Center. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved at First City events? I'm actually from Los Angeles originally and moved out here, uh, attended a Savannah Pride event and thought this would be a great place to volunteer. I should totally get involved. And so I got involved about five years ago with Savannah Pride events and found myself suddenly uh, carrying a lot heavier load than I had originally signed up for. Um, but that's okay. You know, it's a labor of love. There was some great opportunity to grow what we were doing. Um, since then we built the Savannah LGBT center in partnership with first city network. And last year, Savannah pride First city network, the Savannah LGBT center and Jeffrey's place, which is a queer youth programming, um, organization, uh, merged to form the first city pride center. So now Savannah pride is is not only a celebration of pride and our community, but it also benefits the First City Pride Center, which provides LGBT resources like uh, support groups and mental health uh, counseling and HIV testing and all sorts of wonderful things that are really needed and valuable in our community. That's amazing. So it's it's not just a festival, it's a whole outreach program and healthcare provider and social it. network and... And we've been trying to build that into what we do with Savannah Pride, not just celebrating, but to make sure that folks are taking something away from uh, from the event. So uh, building in uh, history exhibits, having uh, lectures from activists uh, who are uh, not just queer activists, but folks who were um, part of the bus boycotts and and um, you know, others who can speak to what it means to lead in a civil rights movement. Um, we've added things like changing rooms for trans members of our community so that they can travel safely. We've created um, low um, stimulus zones for members of our community who are on the spectrum or maybe uh, dealing with addiction issues and just need a place to decompress. And uh, we've really tried to take it from being a party to being a party that people leave and feel like they've grown, feel like they really uh, felt something special at. I think people think that Savannah is just a party city, (laughs) which in some ways it is. I mean, you know, same thing. We know how to have a good time. We do. We know how to have a good time. (laughs) You're never bored when you're here. That's for sure. But... I mean, we're we're a real community. Like, there's real people here, and I think people need to know that we, as the people that live here, care about our community and care about each other. Um, I'd love to know more about the early days of Savannah Pride, like where it all started. I know they had the 20, 20th anniversary of the festival last year, right? Correct. Awesome. So, I mean, how did it even get here? You know, 
You know, we I'd saved the 20th anniversary last year, and um, we actually got a bit of uh, uh, flack from the local longtime residents of the community because while it was the 20th anniversary of having um, a Pride Festival, it was not the 20th anniversary of Pride celebrations here locally. So they actually started as private events. So First City Network is the oldest LGBTQ organization in in the state of Georgia. Um, It has been operating for more than 30 years. And they were hosting these in people's backyards, at private event spaces. Um, And they weren't public because they didn't feel like they could be safely public at the time, but they were holding pride celebrations um, for you know, before more than 20 years. I, I don't know how long those <laughs> went on. I, I, I don't know that I got the exact number out of anyone, but, um, but I heard very clearly from many individuals that they've been uh, ongoing for some time and were really built um, from the grassroots, from, from folks just looking for community and building community together. That's amazing. Savannah, the city of secret meetings. Yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's right. <laughs> so cool. So now, what what does the festival look like now? Ooh, it's a lot now. Um, it is three days of events nonstop. I have to count because it's just a blur. Um, <laughs> I don't sleep almost at all the whole time, which is fun. I have a good time anyways. Um, it opens with our uh, masquerade. So we've taken the popular masquerade ball. Um, It's certainly a popular theme here in Savannah around the Halloween weekend. And we've taken a queer spin on it. So we have brought in um, the voguing culture. We've brought in uh, the drag ball um, aspect um, in addition to the costumes and pageantry and uh, just fun of a masquerade ball. We've really tried to queer it out, make it uniquely savannah you know the 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 ball really does uh kick off the weekend and it gives us an opportunity to celebrate more than what you see at the festival and it gives us an opportunity to have that moment privately it's a little bit of a uh, of a nod to the old pride celebrations that were in private and that people didn't necessarily get to uh, uh, participate in if they didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a a celebration that is ours and uh, very uniquely part of our community. Um, And then we roll into uh, our Friday celebration. We have a big parade that takes over downtown. Uh, We have the festival that opens that night as well Um, and then saturday is an all-day party we've got bar crawls and workshops and music all day and vendors and all kinds of things happening on saturday that's so awesome so it starts as kind of an exclusive more of an, an event exclusive event and and like you said a nod to the old and then moves into kind of the future the, yeah you know the, the exactly. party people exactly. <laughs> the savannah style way yeah. of things that's awesome yeah. so it's like an evolution of a weekend it is we really love that savannah has such a history of um, creative culture of um, queer and black culture. And we want to take a moment at the beginning of our pride celebration to build something that is um, uniquely connected to those communities um, and give folks an opportunity to 
express themselves fully, to create their own styles, to imagine a world for themselves. And um, it's a really fun event. That's awesome. So how far away do people come for the event? Like, what's the farthest you've ever heard of someone traveling? Uh, we've had people from, gosh, uh, I'm going to say Hong Kong. And oh, wow. We've had people for, travel from all over. I mean, we really do. We get a lot of folks in from New York. We get a lot of folks in uh, from uh, around the southeast. In general, Florida is a big feeder for us. Um, but yeah, it's very, very popular. And uh, it's remarkable how much it's grown from... Uh, maybe six years or so ago when we'd have, uh, you know, maybe 2,000 people out to you know, 30 plus thousand attendees now. Um, and it just keeps getting bigger every year. It seems like the crowd doubles. Uh, for the queer community, Halloween is the biggest day on the calendar. It is, um, if, if you go to every major city in this country, the big celebration is in the queer borough. So whether it's West Hollywood or um, Boys Town in Chicago or you know wherever, you're going to find the biggest Halloween party in the queer district. And, um, you know, it really, it's been that way since the early, uh, probably the early 70s, uh, maybe even late 60s in the Castro when drag queens started taking over um, costume contests and sort of spiraled into this thing where we were going to create our own world. And for Halloween, we were going to, um, to be who we are and um, be unapologetic about it. And, uh, you know, it's America's most haunted city in, uh, here in Savannah, and it just connects perfect that we would be celebrating Savannah Pride on the biggest gay holiday. That makes total sense. Yeah. You mentioned a queer borough. Does Savannah have a queer neighborhood district, or is it kind of something that transcends neighborhoods here? I, I like to think that the Starland District is becoming the queer borough. Mm -hmm. That's the location of the First City Pride Center. Um, there are uh, a lot of LGBTQIA members of our community who live in that neighborhood. But this is a very queer city. So um, it, it would, I would say there's a like anywhere, probably, um, there's a different gay that lives in different parts of town. So uh, if you get down to Ardsley Park, where all of the uh, fun little bungalows are and the Chatham Crescent with the big homes and downtown, um, you've got these fabulous mansions. And there's just a bit of a different style uh, for each of the members of the community. Starland is the eccentric, artistic, creative, uh, wonderfully expressive community. Uh, and so it's very attractive to um, young, queer, artistic members of the community. And, and that's, I think, where where we're seeing a lot of folks going. Um, but it is just a, a wonderfully queer city overall. And I think that there's not any place that uh, I wouldn't live and find a bunch of people just like me in the neighborhood. <laughs> that's very cool. I wonder if if that contributes to Savannah's differentiation to other Southern cities. Um, like when you first came here, were you surprised by that? It's why we moved here. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I mean, we came here um, looking to move my husband's company. 
And one of the first things that we saw was uh, a kid in a cape and purple hair standing on the sidewalk next to someone with a face tattoo and lots of piercings. And I thought, well, this is my kind of town. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, it isn't buttoned up and stuffy. And um, I love the South. I don't mean it as a criticism of the South, but this sort of antebellum um, view of, of, the, um, of the Deep South um, isn't Savannah. Savannah has its completely unique culture and style about it. And um, a lot of that is driven by SCAD. A lot of that is driven by a lot of the, the transplants who have moved here. But it's always been here. So, it, you know, I wouldn't say that it's been driven by outsiders as much as the outsiders have brought each their own unique flair to a Savannah culture that has always been different, just unique. Yeah, absolutely. You attract your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think Savannah definitely did that. And we can we can say that. I mean, it's no secret Savannah is a blue dot in a red state, you mm-hmm. know. And I think yeah, we certainly have break a lot of preconceived Bible Belt notions in this area <laughs> for sure. But the great thing is that if you are into that, you know, genteel charm and everything, like visually we have that, but the people here have a little something extra. Yeah. And that's definitely that's I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about. That's what we're yeah. what we want to talk about. Still got all the beautiful architecture. Yeah. Still got some deep southern drawls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, and great I love food. That. Yeah. <laughs> we fry everything. So don't worry. <laughs> we got you covered. Yeah. But we do. Have, we have, I mean, we have vegan restaurants, too. But if you want it fried, it's not hard to find it for sure. Pride Festival happens at the end of October. Um What's going to be happening this year? We're living in the day of COVID. This is August 2020. What are we looking at this year? Well, we probably won't be gathering 30 some thousand people in one place, Um, (laughs) but we will still be celebrating Pride. So we're excited to do things a little bit different, uh, as one would expect in Savannah. Uh, So we will still be having a parade. That parade will look much more like you might imagine a Christmas light display than a traditional Savannah, a traditional Pride parade in general. We're taking over Daffin Park, which is the largest park here in Savannah. Uh, it has a beautiful oak tunnel that runs through the middle of it. That will be uplit rainbow, and between each of the oaks will be installations celebrating pride, celebrating organizations in our community, celebrating our history, and um, it will create a drive-through display that uh, will celebrate our community and in a safe socially distant appropriate manner for the year and in 2021 we'll blow the doors off (laughs) (laughs) i'm ready saint patrick's day pride festival 2021 (laughs) is gonna be crazy (laughs) that's awesome so what's the admission like what how do, do people sign up do they register to register to participate as a um uh, as a presentation, as a as a okay. part of the parade, um, there will be a sign up form on the website to actually attend. Mm-hmm. You just need a vehicle to get through. So that's it. I mean, we try as hard as we can as a pride organization to make everything we do free. We'll certainly hit you up for money. Uh, <laughs> we we have a lot of services and programs to fund, and we want folks to um, to invest in the work that we're doing. But we feel and believe deeply that pride should be celebrated by anyone and everyone and that financial means should not be a barrier. So we want to make that 
continue with this um, uh, this setup as well, and we, we will not be charging an admission. Um, we'll ask you for a donation, though, I promise. Daffin Park is located, it's right off of Victory Drive next to the historic Grayson Stadium where the Savannah Bananas play, um, if our listeners have been here before. And, and it's where I live. You can stop by and have a drink. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> one house off the park. Just swing by. I'll pour you something good. <laughs> You're going to have a line out the door then. <laughs> There's yeah. probably not enough alcohol in Savannah that would, that would, that would supply everybody. <laughs> There's always enough alcohol in Savannah. That's true. We do know how to have a good time. Yeah, we'll survive on liquid calories. Yeah. So if let's, I mean, I'm really excited for this. This sounds really cool. I can't wait to drive through and see all the lights. I'll probably try, try and get through on my bike because that's, <laughs> yeah. I'm always on my Bikes bike. Welcome. Awesome. Bikes welcome. Cool. Um, but what are the chances of something like this, like an installation staying, staying up around the city or are you all working on anything like that? We will continue to find other areas that that we can display pride. Mm-hmm. So that won't be the only display. Uh, we'll work with local businesses. We'll work with Visit Savannah. We'll work with our city council and our mayor. Um, our hope is to light up the dome. Our hope is to paint sidewalks again, which we do every year is paint the sidewalk or uh, crosswalks rather uh, rainbow. Um, we We'll look to have as many and as broad a display as possible. And businesses have a great time with it. I mean, some of the displays that businesses around town um, have put together over the last few years have been really pretty spectacular. That's awesome. Are there any specific LGBT businesses or events that people should check out when they come to visit, regardless of the time of year? Yeah, there's stuff going on. All the time. And there's always something happening. So there's the sort of obvious at Club One. You've always got the drag shows at Club One. Um, Rogue Water is queer owned. Um, there's always some gays over there. So stop by and hang out with the folks at Rogue Water That's as well. That's such an interesting bar. It is. It's a queer it is. owned rugby bar as well that also all of <laughs> like the like bunch of army forces <laughs> yeah are there i mean but this is savannah i mean that's so yeah. savannah just like this random assortment of different folks um, but really all the way up and down congress street you know we do a bar crawl every year and these bars um sponsor our organization they come out and support um and really invest in us and want our community there and to keep to put this in perspective Our pride is on Florida, Georgia weekend, and all the bars on Congress Street want to put up a bunch of rainbow flags. So that tells you what Savannah is like. You know, it it is just a wonderful place, Uh, whether it's Congress Street Social, uh, you know, there's just you will not find some place that isn't going to be a good fit, at least in my experience. There's uh, just a a wealth of opportunities um, if you're going out downtown to find a great uh, great spot to hang out and find other people. But in terms of events, those we don't do every night, um, of course, but we do have some great great ones. We've got Mermaid Fest, which is out on Tybee, um, and that's a big beach bash and um, is unique i guess it's, it's, it's i keep using that word because i say it all the time um this is just a very unique place but it is a uh we have dozens of of mermaids and live music and uh, people in costumes and all kinds of stuff out on the beach and it's very eccentric and goofy and um uh, it's 
it doesn't make any sense. That's that's the best way I can describe it. (laughs) Nothing about it makes any sense, but it's a lot of fun. Um, So if you like covering yourself in glitter and laying out in the sun to get weird tan lines, that is your jam. Um, The... Uh, we also have the Stonewall block party. So the weekend of the Stonewall anniversary, we have a big block party at the LGBT center. So we close down the street in front of the LGBT center there in the Starland district. Um, and a few thousand people come out for that. So that's a big celebration. Uh, we've got Splash, which is a big pool party we do in August. We have the Savannah Bananas Pride Night. So if you like baseball games and you like coming out to Pride Nights at, um, at uh, sporting events, we've got that going on. Those things happening throughout the year, all the time. Um, And we try to keep a calendar uh, up on our website. So savannahpride.com, we'll try to always keep that updated with things that are going on right now. You'll find not a lot because none of us can gather, but soon. Soon, soon, soon. We'll 2021 is 2021 be is year. coming. We'll be, <laughs> but, you know, we, we still have fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fun never stopped. But I think it's also what um, I was thinking about with the Mermaid Festival and stuff. Some of my favorite photos that I've seen from that are of kids yeah. interacting with the mermaids. And I think it's really important to note that these events are all really family friendly. You know, I mean, obviously, if you want to have your kid out on Congress Street after midnight, that's up to you. (laughs) But during the day, everything, you know, all of these events, you know, it's 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 not just, you know, a huge drunk fest or anything like that. I mean, there's a really real people out celebrating good things. Right. Mm -hmm. And we try, you know, like I said, we we are always working to make these events fun for everyone. And it is absolutely possible to do and and i think that we've done a great job of just that that whether it's creating safe spaces for members of our community regardless of their ability um, to just making sure that there are things for families to do that for young people who want to go out to the bar who don't have uh kids that they've got something to do and they're not having to trip over toddlers in the process Um, but that there's a space and there's things for everyone and it works it really does work. Like you said, I mean, we run late into the night. The party crowd rolls on, rolls on um, but we've got our parade over the Pride Festival weekend. So um, the morning of Saturday uh, on at the festival, we have a doggy costume parade. And it's so much fun. And there's obviously a ton of families and kids who come out. And um, there, there really is, I think, something for anyone and there's lots to do uh, at all of these events a- and we want it to always be that way we don't want price to be a burden we don't want your abilities um or uh, or your experience um your familial status or anything else to be a-, a restriction on your ability to celebrate pride definitely and i think that's a the whole event and everything you just described perfectly reflects Savannah as a whole. I mean, this people always ask me, what do you love most about Savannah? Or, or why should I come to Savannah? And it really is, anyone can come here and have a good time. You know, it doesn't matter your age or accessibility or, or even your, you know, bank account. I mean, there's tons of free, amazing things to do here. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think y'all like perfectly. And there's also amazing that. things to do if you've got lots of money to spend. <laughs> it's not me, but that sounds great. <laughs> I mean, the gray is spectacular. There's wonderful hotels. I mean, and that I do love. And it's something that hasn't always um, that part is somewhat new here in Savannah. Some mm-hmm. of these extraordinary new restaurants that have opened, some of the beautiful new hotels. And so we have the ability 
to allow someone who's traveling in to find something at a very budget-friendly price that's going to be perfect for them. And someone who's looking for something really upscale uh, can find exactly that as well and everything in between. And it's made, it's I think, been a big contributor as to why our uh, events have grown as much as they are, that the city just offers something for everyone. Definitely, definitely. Some of these meeting spaces and, and like you said, hotels and boutique uh, B&Bs and things like that are just are genuinely stunning. Mm-hmm. So, Truly. yeah, it's you can have whatever experience you're looking for here. Um, so we talked a little bit about the LGBT Center, and I'd love for you to explain a little more what that is and what kind of out- outreach is happening there and how it has shifted um, to the First City Event Center, right? First City Pride Center. First City Pride Center. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it is a wonderful space. It's been desperately needed in our community. Um, This city has always had a lot of queer people. Um, Our history can be told by the the major figures of Savannah being queers. That's the reality. And... um, but surprisingly, we had never built a center. These had been services often that were being offered in someone's uh, living room, so you know, someone's basement. Somebody's finding a place to help people when they need help. And we finally collectively pull, pulled together um, a group of citizens who said, let's build this. You know, and, and that's been a dream of First City Network for a long time. And and um, there's been some wonderful folks who have helped fund that. And what that provides now is everything from youth meeting space, um, it, uh, addiction counseling, mental health drop-in hours. You can stop in and find a mental health clinician. If you're in crisis, you can just find someone to help. Uh, HIV testing and case support. Um, There's just so much going on that is critical services in addition to just the community building. So we've had over the last two years an art gallery that takes over the lobby of the center and it rotates in every six weeks or so with new art, primarily from queer artists or queer themed. And you can buy the art, portion of it goes to the center, but there's always something new going on there and something new to see uh, in addition to the film nights and uh, the, the events and things that are happening. And it's become a really great central space for folks to gather and find, find each other. That's awesome. And the First City Pride Center is located on Bull Street, correct? Correct. 1515 okay. Bull Street. It's in the heart of the Starline District. There you go. I want to know more about the about the task force created by Mary Van Johnson last month with the city of Savannah for uh, for Proud Savannah and what that initiative looks like. And, and is there any progress yet? Or do you know anything? And Yeah, we've been very involved. I'm actually one of the members of the steering committee for that task. Oh, that's force. awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we're talking to you. I keep my hand in everything, apparently. Um, and I should note that just because I'm involved in everything doesn't mean that I do everything. There are lots of folks doing a lot of work, and uh, I am not responsible for all of it. Um, but in terms of the task force, it is actually making some really wonderful progress. So one of the things that I'm very proud of is that since building this task force uh, with the mayor, and uh, and a number of folks from across our community, including members of our police force, fire department, city, um, we have gone from about a 40 
on the Municipal Equality Index to what we're hoping for is a score a little over 80. And we're, uh, we're looking in the next year to get over 90 and as close to an, uh, a 100 on that um, uh, on that grading system um, wow. quickly. Uh, we are making significant investments in this community uh, because, frankly, it's not that the community wasn't already very welcoming and inclusive. The community had just stated to state to make it public, to uh, state our values, if you will. And um, and so we're doing that. And it's been uh surprisingly smooth process and i know a lot of communities uh, struggle with this and and have this fight our city council passed our non-discrimination ordinance last week in a unanimous vote and um, that provides protections in housing employment and public accommodations for folks based on a whole range of protections including sexual orientation and gender identity Um, so it is it's a big deal. We're the first city in Georgia outside the Atlanta metro area to accomplish that. And last night, Smyrna, which is just outside of the Atlanta metro area, followed suit and also passed a non-discrimination ordinance. Um, we sort of tipped over that domino and we're excited because I think we're going to see a few more cities um, taking their lead from Savannah, watching what we're doing as a task force and watching um, what our city leadership is doing um, and moving forward with these really exciting protections and um, advances for our community. That's amazing. Y'all are really leading the charge. We are. Yeah. We're very loud. You're making history. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. Um, so we've talked all about all these ways that, you know, Savannah is queer friendly all the time year round. The community, large and small, locals, whoever they are, people are going to feel welcome when they come here. Right. Yeah. Do you think? I, I think absolutely. I want to think people are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would be uh, frankly stunned um, if someone didn't feel welcomed, um, and frankly, I'd want to hear about it. But um, you know, I think we. I, I think you can we send are, us an email. Yeah, at... <laughs> send me an email. Truly, actually, do send me an email. Um, I'll go have a conversation. Um, no, this is a wonderfully supportive city, and um, you know, like any place there's bound to be some jerk but um that's not reflective of our, of our community and certainly would not be uh, you know something that i that i would be particularly concerned about this is a place that my husband and i moved from los angeles etc we moved here from la uh, we were uh, we actually had a group of friends hold an inter- intervention with us when we told them we were moving to Georgia. Um, they could not believe that uh, that our very gay butts were moving to Georgia. <laughs> and um, and we explained to them, you have to come see Savannah. It is different. It is someplace special. And um, we moved here in part because we felt like Savannah had so much still to offer that it made good sense for us um, but we moved here because we truly believe that this city is the shining beacon for the south in terms of queer experience and and how you can be out in public and how you can be expressive and um you know, the, the realities of the world don't escape us. We still um, are, are going to have people who aren't accepting. 
but as a community, um, that is not acceptable here. So uh, one of the things that I, I would uh, I was very excited about and, enjoy, and enjoyed seeing is that when someone is frankly um, intolerant or disrespectful, um, that our community goes to bat for them and um, and fights and not just queer members of our community. And that's that, that that's meant a lot for us and just making sure that we feel comfortable and that members of our community feel safe and welcomed. Yeah. I think about on our social media channels um, for Visit Savannah, we have some LGBT travel editorials and things like that that uh, we've shared. And and sometimes the loudest people on there do not reflect, I don't think, the opinions of the whole community. And so it's really <laughs> it's interesting. It's universal for social media. Yeah, the right. <laughs> but um, it's really. Just a, a, a disclaimer, every time you log into Facebook, the loudest people do not reflect right? the community. You wouldn't believe it. Um, you know, we, we didn't say that. We didn't write, we didn't write that. Um, but, you know, but, you know, you, you get people on there and certainly everyone's entitled to their opinions and their feelings. But it is amazing to see people, you know, I'll come in from overnight and, you know, you'll have however many comments on their opinions, whatever. And before, you know, before I can even look at it somebody is already on there like, this is this is not reflective savannah is an amazing city you know visit savannah's you know they want all people here everybody wants all people here you know and and it's it's really cool yeah it's really cool to live in in a place where and it's always yeah. been that way um since i've been here I and mean, i'll tell you just a personal story that when i first got here the first day i got here uh, poor joe mirinelli who is the president of visit savannah um got a call from me um, and I wanted to know how he was marketing to LGBT travelers. And at the time, Visit Savannah had a very uh, broad approach to marketing the destination. Um, and I said, well, so I'm looking at your Savannah I Do website, which is the, the weddings uh, website for the, the destination. And all I see is bride and groom, bride and groom, bride and groom. Can you just call us couples? It was maybe a week before they'd completely updated the website and gotten and made sure that it was inclusive of queer people. A section was added to the travel uh, guide for the next year on where to find um, LGBT inclusive wedding planners and um, and uh, vendors. And, you know, it just all it, sometimes people don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and we all have blind spots. And what I've seen in this community is that when somebody when a blind spot is pointed out to someone that change happens quickly Um, people want to do the right thing here they want to be inclusive and they want to be supportive of members of our community and it's really been wonderful to see that's amazing yeah there's definitely a lot of room for improvement and inclusivity across the board in the world yeah in the whole (laughs) world um but i i like to think that here in savannah Everybody is at least trying to take baby steps, if nothing else. Yeah. But yeah, it's that's that's amazing. I actually I just wrote a piece about um, places to propose in Savannah, and I was really <laughs> excited. We had a couple of queer couples use their photos and stuff, I and I was kind of worried, you know, that you know I don't know. Sometimes people don't want their photos to be used or this or that, and everybody was like, no, put it on there, and I was like, yes, hero <laughs> image right there at the top of the page, and it's just. You know, you want you just want people to know that like this is a cool city. We just want everybody here. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> everyone deserves welcome. to see it. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I find as someone producing a, a pride event in Savannah, um, Savannah is a majority black city, 
And, and we talk about pride often and we reference Marsha P. Johnson. If you're familiar with the origins of pride and the Stonewall riots, you probably are familiar with Marsha P. Johnson, who's credited with throwing the first brick, whether she threw a brick or not, I don't know, but um, at least credited with uh, sort of igniting the Stonewall riots and the Stonewall uprising and the, what became pride. What people often don't recognize is that it isn't just Marsha P. Johnson, that queer liberation exists because of the black civil rights movement. Um, and, and if you go back to even back to uh, William Dorsey Swan, who was a freed slave leading drag balls in the 1880s to Elaine Locke, who uh, is the credited as being the architect of the Harlem Renaissance and Langston Hughes, the most prominent poet of the Harlem Renaissance, all queer men all queer black men. And in a city that is majority black, in a city that has um, in recent history had mayors who were the first black children to integrate their schools, um, the, this sort of legacy that ties through Savannah and ties through our history as a very historically bound city um, is spectacular. And it's just so cool to be able to produce uh, pride events and to talk about history and talk about the culture of Savannah um, and, and be able to talk about it in the same breath as the history of black civil rights. Um, and, and I think that that's something that is unique in Savannah. And beyond that, you I mean, 250 years of history, Casimir Pulaski, we've got a fort out here that's named after a general who is intersex. When they exhumed his body, they, they discovered that he was an intersex general 250 years ago. Mary Telfair at the Telfair Museum may not want me to tell you this, but Mary Telfair had a, had a female partner she lived with for over 30 years. Um, Jim Williams and, and, uh, and Lady Chablis and all these things. We have buildings, forts, monuments named after queers in this city that represent hundreds of years of history. And I don't know where else you go for something like that. It doesn't exist in very many places in the world, let alone in the US. Um, and that is something that I find spectacular about Savannah. I do too. And it's amazing to think how you're comparing, you know, black inclusivity and pride inclusivity. In a lot of places, they're two separate verticals. But even I didn't know there was so much crossover here. That's the exploration of identity and um, discovering yourself and saying, this is who I am and this is how I'm unique it is really born out of black liberation. And so many of the leaders of the black liberation movement are queers. And so we really can't separate these two movements. Um, it, we owe everything that we are um, to the giants whose shoulders we stand upon. And um, and so it's, it's very fascinating. It's a wonderful city to be in that's so steeped in history um, when producing these kinds of events. It just makes it all that more special. It doesn't feel, for me, like just a party. Yeah, it's bringing a lot of meaning to work. It is. Really and true work. So what 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 can Savannah do moving forward to be more inclusive, to be more loud and proud about all of these things? I mean, I think it continues with what we've been pushing for um, 
with the task force with pride is to state our values and it's the consistency of stating our values it is um, asking businesses its organizations its nonprofits it's the general public to make clear their support um, it isn't assumed and I think that that's what a lot of folks often don't recognize is that they may have a lot of friends and coworkers and um, associates who are queer and they don't realize that without making it clear that they are supportive of them and they see them and understand um, our community, that, that they aren't given the benefit of the doubt and so I think that we're just going to have to continue to work on that. It means that the city needs to invest more in programming and social services specifically towards um, our community. It means investing in, um, in providing for HIV and uh, mental health services so that there aren't organizations like ours out with our hat. Uh, you know, hanging out, begging for dollars to pay for them. Um, and that's really where we're at right now is that we've got, we have needs in our community. Like every community, we have um, challenges for more marginalized members of our community who need support, um, who have a hard time um, finding the basic services um, that they need. And that's the case everywhere. Frankly, there are not enough services available to members of our community across this country. Um, and that'll be the continued push for us here is to make sure that the specific services that are needed for uh, for our community are provided um, and are available. It's such a large part of our community, too. I think people think of it as a niche, but it's it's not. It's mm -hmm. it's a very sizable part of everyone here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So what advice do you have for someone that is part of the LGBTQ community and is not sure about coming to Savannah, their last ditch sales pitch about why they need to come? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess the question would be what's holding you back. It's a stunningly beautiful city, great restaurants, great hotels. We've got a beach. You can go hiking, you can go uh, out, out on the water, you can go boating, you can go kayaking, you can go to the bars. Um, it's incredibly inclusive, um, it's artistic, it's creative. Um, the weather's great, it's a little hot today, but um, you know, otherwise it's pretty great. Um, there is, to me, I would wonder why. What is the, what's the reason that you aren't coming to Savannah? Because frankly, checks every box I can think of. It is a wonderful place to be. We actually had a, a friend of mine that I have known since high school, and he came out here and we planned his proposal to his now husband. Um, and so this is a very special city for him. He is a gay Iranian immigrant who chose this city as the place to propose to his husband. Um, and is uh, if that doesn't tell you that this is a magical city. Everyone has been obsessed with this town who has come to visit. We actually converted our guest bedroom into an office to slow down the flood of people coming to visit us all the time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Savannah, Georgia, Anything But Ordinary. This podcast has been brought to you by Visit Savannah, the official destination marketing organization for Savannah, Georgia and the surrounding area, produced by Tyler Edick and hosted by Shannon Lowry. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite listening platform. Follow us on social media at Visit Savannah. 
and learn more at visitsavannah.com.